Welcome to Up Next. I'm Gabrielle Boucher, millennial author and entrepreneur. Each week, I bring to next generation leaders and millennial game changers to inspire you to change your world. Let's see what's next. Welcome back up nexters. It's Gabrielle. And this week, again, we have an incredible guest for you. We have so much to cover in this week's episode. So I'm going to be spitting questions at our guest. I don't even know if she's ready for them, but I am so fascinated with her, with her story and with what her organization is doing. This week, we are talking with Amy Ford, who is the president and co-founder of Embrace Grace. And Embrace Grace is an an incredible organization whose mission it is to inspire and equip the church to love on single and pregnant women and their families. Amy's also the author of a book. We were just chatting about that before we went live, how I think everybody should write a book. Uh, But her book is called A Bump in Life, True Stories of Hope and Courage During an Unplanned Pregnancy. Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm ready. <laughs> awesome, cool. I'm glad I'm glad you're gonna run alongside with us. So the primary goal of Embrace Grace is to empower churches across the nation to really be uh, a safe and non-judgmental space for for women who find themselves in these situations to be able to run to. Tell me about the challenge that you've experienced working either with churches or with you know, the faith community in general, getting the word out about how we are to love and to embrace those that are most vulnerable in our society. And how have you seen the church's heart transform to love? Well, yeah, I think for the most part, it hasn't really been too challenging. I think for a lot of churches say they're pro-life and they want to save babies. But then sometimes when a girl chooses life, then they may say, oh, I don't really have a place for you here. Maybe you're kicked out of youth group, you know, all of those. That's where it kind of turns judgmental. But um, that's just on the fringe. Like that's not necessarily um, the big picture of it. But most of the churches, they are pro-life. It's just that they haven't had the tools to know how to go beyond just trying to save the baby. Like how can they be pro-whole life and take a holistic view of, of caring for the young moms until Embrace Grace came around. Um, Now they have the tools to help these moms. Embrace Grace is a 12-week curriculum that's DVD curriculum and book curriculum that they're able to um, just host a small group within their church. And so they'll network with local pregnancy centers. So if girls have positive pregnancy tests, the, the pregnancy centers can refer girls to the church and they can get um, just not only practically, because they do throw a baby shower and things, but spiritually and emotionally, the support that they need, because uh, a lot of girls feel very alone during um, the the season. And so it helps them feel like they're not alone and that they're a part of a spiritual family and that, you know, no mom should ever walk alone in this. And so the church can do a great part in walking alongside these girls. And I mean, we do have every once in a while, the only challenge would be every once in a while, we have churches that have a hard time wrapping their brain around the concept of just helping the girls. Like they'll say things like, 
um, this is condoning sin or this is rewarding bad behavior or because we throw them a baby shower and we go over the top and loving them. Um, God gave me the story of the prodigal son once and how you think about he had two sons and one went off and spent all his dad's money and was with prostitutes. And he just did all this horrible stuff until he literally had nothing left. And he was eating the leftovers from the pigs. And he decided that he would come back home or he would try. And he thought he could just at least eat the leftovers from his, his dad's servants. And that might would be a little better than the leftovers from the pigs. And I love my favorite part of the, of the story is that it says, and while he was a long way off, the father ran to him and he had his servants put a robe on his back and a ring on his finger. And he said, son, I'm so glad you were lost, but now you're found. And I'm so glad you're home. And with a lot of these girls, they are a long way off but they've turned, they've turned towards their heavenly father. They're coming to church. They're interested to know more of their salvations that are happening in this group because they're, they're starting to get a bigger picture of how much God loves them. He's been waiting for them. And it's beautiful to see. And, you know, as the church, we can be like the other brother, you know, he had the older brother who never had left. And he's like, dad, that's not fair. You're going to throw him a party and this feast when I've been here serving you the whole time and I've done everything you've ever asked me to do. And he said, son, everything that you have, or you have everything that you need in me. Like I've given you everything. So let's celebrate that your brother was lost and now he's found. And it's easy to get caught up in, oh, we, we are the perfect people. And, and these are girls that, um, you know, that this is rewarding sin, but every, a baby's not a sin. Like a baby is a miracle, no matter how it was conceived. A baby deserves celebrating. And we're just about loving people. And we want the church to be one of the first places a girl runs to instead of the last because of shame and guilt. So I really feel like a pro-love movement is a, a, an amazing approach to saving the both the mom and the baby as um, being pro-love. So how are you able to transfer that passion? And now my listeners absolutely know why I'm having Amy here on the show is because of that passion. But how are you able to take that and then really equip in a very practical way leaders to be able to go out into their communities? And I couldn't agree with you more, the incredible need that's before us to train and and equip the church to be able to not only talk about reaching these women, but but actually doing it. So tell me more about what Embrace Grace is doing in that regard. Well, our twelve we have a 12-week discipling class. So they hear the whole gospel message. They hear, um, and they're getting saved, and we're, we're seeing an amazing transformation before our very eyes. So the fruit of what we do is a testament to the world of this, this works. Like, the, this works for them to see that a lot of them, they just— they feel like when, when a lot of the girls come for the first time, they'll say they're terrified. Like they may be coming for the free stuff and the baby shower, but Jesus like totally does the rest. And so when they're brave enough to actually try church for the first time, what I usually hear a lot of times is, I thought you were going to go over my list of sins. I thought you were going to tell me that I was going to hell. Um, they think that the, the church is about behavior modification when it should be about heart transformation. And so the testimonials, I think it plays a huge part in the church as a whole, um, being able to understand that this 
that this works. And also what we're finding is we do better going from the bottom up than the top down. And what I mean by that, as far as like networking and trying to get churches to come on board, um, that we see more fruit when we talk to women that say just go to a church. They're a member of a church and one in three are post-abortive and the abortion rate is exactly the same inside the church as it is outside the church. So whenever we see women that they'll hear about what we do and it's like a light switch or something like they just, we have tears, people crying, just saying if there was something like this 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, my life would look so much different now. And I would have a different story than I do now. And that this would have changed everything if there was something like this back then. And so they're going to their pastor and they're saying this, there's this program and we would love, I would love to lead this within the church. And it's like, they'll listen a little bit more when it comes from their own people within the church, rather than just this other organization that's based out of Texas, that's, you know, reaching the world. They just listen more when it's their own people, when it's their people within their church and the faces that they see. And that's really, we get more uh, groups started by women that have a passion than if we were to try to network with pastors to see if they would get it going in their church. Um, all of our groups do have to have a pastor sign off and we are a little bit selective. I mean, usually they weed themselves out. If they're going to be a judgmental church, then they're not even really wanting to to do embrace grace. But, um, when, we do have pastors have to sign off and it's something so simple that you would think that every pastor would be like, well, yes, of course, you know, but you never know. It's things like, I'll never tell a girl to get an abortion. I'll always, um, love her. I'll never judge her, shame her publicly or privately, like just simple things that you would think that every church would be like, sure. But if we're talking to someone in New York or Washington and like, we don't know that church, it's at least, um, a way to safeguard and make sure that the girls are protected. If they're brave enough to step foot into a church. We want that to be a good experience and that they can, they can see the hands and feet of Jesus through the members of the church. But you're also creating a community around them, which is so powerful because whether you are, you know, a, a woman who finds themselves as, you know, as a single mom, or you're someone who has no idea what Christianity is really all about. And you have these ideas about who God is, um, that he's a judgmental God and that he'll be angry at you or, or what the church is like, you're equipping the body of Christ to, as you said, really be the hands and feet, which is so incredible. Being here based in Washington, D.C., we see the government constantly wanting to create a, a solution around an agency or a program or a department when in reality we need more solutions, but we need more leaders like you. We need more organizations like Embrace Grace that are not only talking about the problem, but they're actually meeting the need, not just in the physical, but really where it counts in that spiritual realm as well. Right. Like the biggest argument that the pro-choice people have usually is that you only care about saving that baby. You don't really necessarily care about the mom and how 
she's how her life is. And so I think that the church can play a huge role in that to say, we do care about the mom and the baby. And that, and we can prove that by showing programs like Embrace Grace, where you're welcoming them, them in. And even if they choose adoption, Embrace Grace is an amazing program for them too. We Instead of a baby shower, we throw them, we call it a celebration of life party. So after they bless another family with their baby, we throw them a party and just honor what they did. The fact that they sacrificed their body for nine months to save a baby's life is to us a hero. Like that is amazing when, when it is easy right now, unfortunately in the world to get abortions that they would choose that is so amazing. And so it's awesome to go to these events, whether it's the baby shower, or the celebration of life and see their lives changed. Um, we've seen even family members, like if they have family members that are involved, sometimes they'll come to like the baby shower and they're just blown away. Like they cannot believe that the church has come alongside their daughter and Maybe they've been at home shaming them or saying, you know, this is your mess and you've got to figure it out. And and although there's truth to that and there is, there are natural consequences to sin, like it's hard to be a single mom. And, but the fact that we can come alongside them and love them, like they're blown away that the church would do that. And we've even seen salvations the night of the shower because they can't believe that women or men would go out of their way to find items for their baby and their favorite color and things monogrammed and just like the special touches like they're just they can't even believe it and so it's just awesome to watch the power that the church has in this to create a community to be a spiritual family for these girls and guys and to help come alongside them so what would you say has been one of the biggest challenges that you and the organization has faced that perhaps has even surprised you about building this organization out and really seeking to empower Christians with skills to meet the needs of these hurting women? Well, you know, again, I feel like there hasn't been a whole lot. Like what's amazing is we started our nonprofit in 2012, but really kind of got most ramped up in 2014. That was really when we hit the ground running. And in we've had a 100% group growth rate to Two years in a row. So basically the last two years we keep doubling. And um, I think that probably if there is a challenge, it's, it's mainly like just pastors kind of turning a blind eye. Like we'll hear sometimes pastors say, oh, we don't have girls in our church to get pregnant. Um, yes, you do. And they're just, and maybe they don't come back or maybe they um, are getting abortions and you don't even know. Again, the abortion rate is exactly the same inside as it is outside the church. So the denial, I guess, in a way to some pastors is just, it's kind of shocking a little bit, but again, that's very fringe. It's not necessarily the mainstream, um, but in smaller towns, um, sometimes that is their, their attitude towards it. Oh, this isn't a need that we have in our, in our community. Um, when it is, it is a need everywhere. There's unplanned pregnancies mm. everywhere. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to join us on the show. Now I'm going to ask you for our final question, something I ask all of our guests and it's kind of silly, but if it, the 12 year old version of you, uh, were to meet you now and see what you're doing now, what would she think? 
Oh my gosh, she would not even believe it. And I think that that's one of the, the things God likes to give us just in puzzle pieces. If we could see the whole picture, we probably would screw it all up. And the fact that he gives us, he dreams down an idea into your heart. And then you, you don't know the whole picture, but you know, this one puzzle piece and you know, we're, you're supposed to take step one, even though you don't know step three, four, and five. And, um, I just, I think I would be completely shocked. I can't, our favorite thing to say around the office is guess what because we're just so blown away by what God will do when you're obedient and when you're you have big faith and you're bold and he just he's amazing (laughs) yes he is well Amy I just want to acknowledge you for your work with embrace grace you took on a challenge that many would feel is impossible and you took it on with sense such a sense of mission and a sense of purpose and just the work that you're doing and not only encouraging women, but encouraging churches, encouraging families, and encouraging communities. So we are so proud of you and the work that you're doing with Embrace Grace and cannot wait to see what God continues to do with you and through you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on today. 